Welcome to Awaken Life Church podcast. For more information about our church, please visit awakenlifechurch.net. We hope you enjoy this message by Daniel Willett. So let's just pray. Thank you, Father, for what you've done already this morning. We thank you, Jesus. You're so good. You're so good. You're such an amazing Savior. We just acknowledge you in this place as our Savior, as our friend, and our soon-coming King. And we just acknowledge you, Father, as a good, good Father. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Father. And we just acknowledge you, Holy Spirit. We just ask that you just have your way in this service, Holy Spirit. We just pray that you just arrest each heart this morning. In fact, let's just do this. Just put your hand in your heart. Just say this, Holy Spirit, come. I welcome you. Amen. How many know that's powerful? Just that little act, just saying, Holy Spirit, come. Jesus is a gentleman. Holy Spirit's a gentleman. He'll never break down the door. He's always waiting for us to say, come. More, more Jesus. More Holy Spirit. More. That's a powerful prayer. More Holy Spirit. More Holy Spirit. More Holy Spirit. Have your way, Holy Spirit, in this place. I just want to just declare there's going to be healings in this place this morning. It could be physical healings. It could be something that God's healing inside of your heart. And uh, this is a free environment. Um, if you're getting healing today, if it's heart healing, whatever healing, physical healing, just even just slip up your hand and we'll just come see what God's doing in you. We'll just acknowledge it. Sometimes it's like popcorn. It's like one person starts getting something and then it just pop, 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 pop. Holy Spirit wants to have fun with us this morning. He's so fun. He's so fun. I think he's a lot more fun than we think. <laughs> so I want to talk to you today. Uh, the Lord's always so good to me when it comes to messages. And so two weeks ago, he gave me a dream. And I woke up from the dream, and he started to speak to me. And I knew it was going to be the next message. And I want to talk to you today about your identity. I'm going to talk about identity this morning. So could you put up the, the logo, Colton, that we have? So I want to tell you just a little bit, a story about our church logo. I don't know if, I don't know if I've ever told this story in a, in a church setting. But uh, when we decided, you know, we were going to get our logo, we did this like online, it was like a contest. And so you tell them what you want, basically, and you have designers literally from all over the world submit designs. And so we ended up with over 100 choices, like over 100 submissions from all over the world. And so we narrowed it down to like our top three favorites. We're like, okay, these are the ones we like. We like these three. And then I'm in prayer one morning and almost like a flash, like a vision, I see this logo on this building, like this big building. It's like a white building. And I see this logo, this logo on the front of the building. And it was not one of the ones that we'd picked. It wasn't one of the three that we had. It was in there. But we totally overlooked it. And I just saw it like a flash. And I went back and, and looked at it online. And I was like, oh, my goodness, how did we miss this? This is our logo. I was like, that, that's it. And I was like, I don't know how we missed it. And so, but if you, if you look at the logos, you notice that on the top of the A, that's a fingerprint. I don't know if you ever saw that or noticed that. And on the top of the A, it's 
also a cross. And one of the things I loved about it is our identity is in the cross. And it's right in our logo that our identity is in the cross. Amen? Galatians 2.20 says, I've been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. Oh, do you receive that? That's a great one to meditate on. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who lives. It's Christ who lives in me. I'm going to read that same verse in the Passion Translation. It says, my old identity, old identity, means the one before you said yes to Jesus. My old identity has been co-crucified with Messiah and no longer lives. For the nails of his cross crucified me with him. And now the essence of this new life is no longer mine. For the anointed one lives his life through me. We live in union as one. My new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God who loves me so much that he gave himself for me and dispenses his life into mine. Wow, did you guys get that? That was way more powerful than your response. He dispenses his life into yours. That's good news. Amen. That is radically good news. Jesus has dispensed his righteousness into you. He lives inside of you. He dispenses his life into yours. I think that too often we forget who we are in Christ. And I'm speaking for myself. And we start to place our identity in other things. It's so easy to, to place our identity in what we do or who we are, what our role is, mother, father, husband, wife, whatever our job title is, and we start placing our identity in there when, when we have to come back constantly to, no, my identity is in Christ. First and foremost, I'm in Christ. I'm a son. I'm loved. He has dispensed his life into my life. Our church vision here is to awaken and empower God's church to impact our culture. Connecting people to God's love, grace, and to their true identity in Christ. It's, it's like our, our passion is to help people be awakened. And how are they going to be awakened? It's through his love, through his grace, and through realizing their true identity in Christ. So I had this dream a couple weeks ago. And in the dream, I was in this mall, and, and it seemed like I did something like maybe that I wasn't supposed to do or something. And the security guard came up to me and he said, I need to see your identification. And I pulled out my wallet. I've had the same wallet for 15 years. It's, it's like fallen to pieces and my wife has demanded that I get a new one, but I'm just stubborn. I'm, I'm holding on to it. And so I pull out my wallet that I've had forever and my ID's gone and all my cards are gone. The only thing that's there is one red debit card. And I woke up, and I immediately knew what the Lord was speaking to me. He says, you need to go back and look at your identity. You've lost something. Like, your ID would be, normally it would be there, right? But it was missing. It's like, you've lost something in that area of identity. You forgot something. You need to go back and look at it, and I want to give you an upgrade in the area of identity. So that was my dream. How many like upgrades? Anybody? God wants to give you an upgrade today. He wants to give you an upgrade in your identity. 
So today we're going to focus on that. So who are you? And what does it mean to be in Christ? That phrase is all throughout Scripture, in Christ, all throughout the New Testament. What does it mean that our identity is in the cross? 1 John chapter 3, starting in verse 1, I'm going to read it. It says, See how great a love the Father has bestowed on us, that we would be called children of God, and such we are. For this reason, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God and it has not appeared as yet what we will be. We know that when he appears, we will be like him because we will see him just as he is. And look at verse three. And everyone who has this hope fixed on him purifies himself just as he is pure. Everyone who has this hope fixed on him purifies himself just as he is pure. So according to Paul, what do you need to do to become pure? Fix your hope on him. This is what makes you pure. How many know that the moment you put your faith in Christ and you said yes to Jesus, you became pure? You became completely clean, completely pure, completely clean. In John chapter 13, Jesus washes the disciples' feet. And I love that passage. It says that Jesus knew that he had come from God and that all things had been given to him. And what he does at that moment when he realizes all things have been given to him, he has authority, all authority on heaven and on earth, he wraps a towel around his waist and he gets a bowl of water and he begins to wash his disciples' feet. And he shows us what greatness looks like. Whoever is the greatest among you must become the, great, the biggest servant. That's what true greatness is, is to use your greatness, to use the authority that you have, to use the, um, all the awesome gifts and talents that God's given you to serve. So he comes to Peter and you know the story and Peter's like, no, no, Lord. No, don't, you can't wash my feet. No, Lord. And I've read this next verse, what Jesus responds to him. I've read it in every translation I could find. I've Greeked it out. I've studied it out. And I'm going to give you the Pastor Daniel paraphrase of what Jesus says back to him. So he says, Lord, no, no, you can't wash my feet. And Jesus says, if you don't let me do this, Peter, you can't partner with me. You can't see what I'm doing. You can't flow with me. You need to let me wash your feet so you can partner with me, flow with me, see where I'm, where I'm going, how I'm thinking. So Peter says, oh, okay, Jesus, then don't just wash my feet, wash my hands and my head. And I'm gonna pick it up in, in verse nine, John chapter 13, verse nine. Simon and Peter said to him, Lord, then wash not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. Jesus says to him, he who has bathed needs only to wash his feet. That word bathed, he's saying, he who is saved, he who is bathed, he who is saved, has put his faith in me, needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And listen to what Jesus says next. And you are clean. You are clean. But not all of you, for he knew the one who was betraying him. For this reason, he said, not all of you are clean. Can you imagine 
being with Jesus, you're with God and he looks at you and says, you're clean. You're clean. This wasn't the only time he did this. He did this also in John chapter 15. You're clean. You're completely clean. The washing of the feet represents we're, we're going through this world and we, we're completely clean. We're washed and we're pure in the eyes of God. But the washing of the feet represents the anxieties and the stress and the gunk that gets on us. And every morning we get up and I, I just say, Jesus, I just need you to wash my feet. The stress, I'm giving him my anxiety from the previous day, Lord, I'm giving you that situation. I'm giving you this. I'm giving you that. And he's just washing over me, washing my feet. I'm already completely clean, but he's just washing those things that, that get on our feet, that dust. So he says, you are clean. You're clean. He's kind of the authority on this subject. Amen. Imagine Jesus saying to you, you're clean. Like, well, you're the authority on this subject. You're clean. Some of you need to hear this this morning. In Christ, you are clean. You're completely clean. You're completely clean. What about my sin? It's not about you. It's about what Jesus did. It's about Jesus. He made you clean. Do you think the disciples didn't have issues? I mean, we see them all throughout the New Testament, right? And he looks at them and says, you're clean. See, it wasn't about them. It was about that they'd put their faith in Jesus. That's what made them clean. That's what makes you clean. And you are clean because you're in Christ. You have a new identity. Your new identity is the righteousness of God in Christ. Your new identity is clean. Clean, washed by the blood of Jesus. Hebrews chapter 10. Paul's talking to the Hebrews. He's talking to some Hebrew believers that believe in Christ, and he's talking to some that don't. He says, Every priest stands daily ministering and offering time after time the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. See, in the old covenant, you'd bring your goat or your lamb and your, or your bull, and they would inspect to see if the lamb was worthy, if it was unblemished. And if, it, if the lamb was worthy, they would kill the lamb, and your sins were covered for one year. They were covered for one year. And Paul says, every priest, every priest stands daily ministering and offering time after time the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. They could, it, it could never take away your sin. It could only cover your sin for a period of time. Verse 12, but he, meaning Jesus Christ, but he having offered one sacrifice for sins for all time, sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time onward until his enemies be made a footstool for his feet. Verse 14, look at this very carefully. For by one offering he has perfected for all time those who are sanctified. One offering, you were perfected for all time. 
your new identity is sanctified. Those who are sanctified, you were perfected and sanctified for all time by the precious blood of Jesus. If the blood of bulls and goats could cover your sin for one year, how much more the precious blood of Jesus washes your sin away for all time. Amen. You need to grab onto that. If, if, a, if a bull, a goat, if that sacrifice covered sin for a year, how much more, how much more what Jesus did washes you. You're not covered. Your sin's not covered. It's washed for all time. It's done deal. It is finished. Christ can't live in a dirty house. He's purified you so that he can come and live inside of you. How many know you are holy? You know why you're holy? The Holy One lives inside of you. Holiness has nothing to do with being good, doing more good than bad, and trying to do the right things. You're holy because the Holy One is inside of you. He's made you holy. What Jesus did made you holy. Amen? Romans 6, 11, even so, consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. You're dead to sin. Christ lives in you, and you're completely clean. You're completely clean. Some of you just need to just meditate on that. Throughout your week, just stop. Just be like, I'm clean. Just see what happens when you just stop. Just acknowledge the Holy Spirit. I'm clean. I'm completely clean. So how many know that two things can be true at the same time? So it's true that we are completely clean, but it's also true that we are in a process. Amen? But the process may be different than you think. You're in a process of manifesting on the outside what's already true about you on the inside. This is your process, realizing the truth and manifesting on the outside what's already true about you on the inside. My son, Ethan, a couple years ago, he, had, he would have these raging temper tantrums. And he would just get upset. And a lot of times it was over simple things and it would just escalate and escalate and escalate. And it, it would just like, he couldn't calm down. And we just didn't know how to deal with it. Our other, uh, Tia and Rannon before him, they just, we never dealt with that. And it was just, he was just a different beast. <laughs> Those of you that have more than, <laughs> more than one kid know what I'm talking about. This was just a different thing altogether. And he would get so upset. And a lot of times we'd have to just send him to bed and he would just, fall asleep just weeping. It was just like nothing we did could calm him down. And so one night I feel like I had a clue from the Holy Spirit and he had one of these moments where he just got more and more and more upset and he, we sent him to bed and he's just weeping, crying because he's just so upset. And so I, I feel like I just had a clue from the Holy Spirit and I went and just laid next to him in his bed and he's still sobbing and just very upset and I just begin to just rub his back and just say, I'm so proud of you. You're such a good boy, and I'm so proud of you. You're such a good boy. I love you so much. 
And I just did this, just that went on for like probably close to an hour. And he, he calmed down and he went to sleep. And I'm a light sleeper. Like I, I wake up at the drop of a pen. So every time he would wake up at night, I just put my hand back on his back. You're such a good boy. I love you so much. I'm so proud of you. I just stayed with him all night. And that day, his temper tantrums, the ones where he just lost control, stopped. After that night, stopped. He just needed his father to affirm his identity. You are good. You're a good boy. I'm proud of you. Regardless of what's happening on the outside, you're a good boy, and I'm proud of you. The truth about him is he is a good boy down to the core. He just needed to receive the truth from his father and begin to believe it himself. Then what was true about him on the inside started to manifest on the outside. The truth about you is that you're clean. You're clean. You just need to receive that from your father. And what's already true on the inside will begin to manifest on the outside. So there's a war going on in the spiritual realm. And the war is over what you're going to believe. What are you going to believe? What do you believe about you? What do you believe about God? What do you believe about your situations? The battle is in your mind. James chapter 1, verse 8 says, A double-minded man is unstable. Unstable in all his ways. In another translation, it says it like this. A person who has doubts is thinking about two different things at the same time and can't make up his mind about anything. Stuck. Am I righteous or am I a sinner? Am I clean or am I dirty? Am I son or am I orphan? What's true about you? What are you going to believe? Your identity, knowing who you are in Christ, it's so important. And it's something we have to remind ourselves. Just like, just, man, I've preached this message. And the Lord's like, gives me a dream. He's like, you need to go back to that one. You need to go back to that and review it. Because I, I need to upgrade you in this area. The battle is in your mind. What are you going to believe? Are you going to believe what God says about you? Or are you going to believe what you feel and your emotions or what someone else has said about you? Jesus said, you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The truth is what sets you free, not effort, not trying hard. It starts with knowing truth. Knowing truth, and out of that, I'm going to be set in freedom. Believing lies about your identity will hold you in bondage, and it will make you unstable. One of the unique things about Christianity is that you start out completed. You start out completed. You're not trying to become, you already are. You're already clean. You start out clean. You start out loved. Colossians 2, chapter 10, or I'm sorry, Colossians chapter 2, verse 10 says, and in him you have been made complete. Look at the end of that. 
And he is the head over all rule and authority. In other words, it doesn't matter what any other authority has ever told you, what any other rule has ever said about you. He's the head over all rule, over all authority, and he says, you're complete. I've made you complete, and it has nothing to do with you. Stop making it about you. It's about Jesus and what he did. You're completely clean because of Jesus. You are complete. And you're in a process of manifesting on the outside what's true about you on the inside. Do you see the difference? With religion, I'm trying to become. I'm trying to be good enough. I'm trying to earn my righteousness. I'm trying to be good enough to make it. I'm trying to earn God's love. I'm trying to earn favor. I'm trying to do anything I can to make myself clean. But the truth is, I'm already clean. I'm already clean. That was my phone. (laughs) Turn off your ringer, Pastor Daniel. (laughs) I'm already clean. Thank you. So I'm renewing my mind and learning to manifest on the outside what's true about me on the inside. Matthew chapter 20. I'm going to just read through this. You don't have to turn there for time's sake. This is the parable of the workers. Jesus tells this parable. He says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. About nine in the morning, he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, you also go, work in my vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. He went out again about noon and about three in the afternoon, and he did the same thing. And about five in the afternoon, he went out and found still others standing around. He said, why have you been here standing here all day doing nothing? And they said, because no one has hired us. He said to them, you also go work in my vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going on to the first. The workers who were hired about five in the afternoon came and each received a denarius. So when those who came who were hired first, they expected to receive more. But each one of them also received a denarius. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. These who were hired last worked only one hour, they said. And you've made them equals to us who have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them, I am not being unfair to you, friend. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give to the one who has hired the last, same as I gave to you. Don't I have the right to do what I want to do with my own money? Or are you envious because I'm generous? What's the difference between someone who's been a Christian for 40 years and someone who's just got saved yesterday? Both are going to heaven. Both are completely clean. Both are completely righteous. Both are completely justified. Both can heal the sick. 
Both can raise the dead. Both can cast out demons. Both have authority over all the power of the enemy. There's a story I read a couple years ago about a guy, he was later in life, I think he was in his 50s, and he got saved. And he got saved in a crazy church like ours. And so he's like, oh, we, we can heal the sick? This is amazing. That week he was praying for people, seeing them getting healed. And there's people who have been saved for like 20, 30 years being like, you, we can't do that. <laughs> he's like, well, they're getting healed. I'm praying for them and they're getting healed. Both can heal the sick. If you've been saved for one day or if you've been saved for 50 years, you both can heal the sick. Both have authority over the enemy. Don't Christ has chosen to dispense his life just as much into a brand new believer as someone who's been saved for 50 years. He dispenses the same life. He dispenses the same righteousness, the same holiness. Religion will tell you you have to earn that. You have to earn things with the Lord. You have to climb the ladder. But it's not the gospel. What an amazing God. You and I are meant to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. But we need to see who we are in Christ. We need to see the truth. If I, if I know that I'm clean... I'm not really worried about if I made a mistake the past week when I go to pray for someone. I'm like, no, I'm just, I'm completely clean. I'm completely clean. We need to rise up in our identity and leave shame and our old life that was crucified with Christ behind. In my dream, all I had in my wallet was my red debit card. My ID was missing. And I believe red a lot of times in dreams represents the blood of Jesus. And I, I believe it represented like, like your debit card is like your, it gives you access to your money, right? But technically without your ID, you shouldn't be able to use it, right? So it's like I had this red credit card, like the blood of Jesus, like what does blood of, the blood of Jesus give me access to? Everything. It gives me access to the full kingdom of heaven. But I didn't have my ID, present. So I didn't have access. I couldn't access what was freely given to me. Because of the blood of Jesus, I have complete access. You have complete access to the kingdom realm. But if you don't have your ID intact, you can't access what's already yours, what's been freely given to you. Can we just bow our heads for a moment? I'm, I'm going to come down here for a second. We just bow our heads. God wants to give you an upgrade in your identity today. What I mean by that is he wants to give you a deeper revelation of who you are in Christ. It's not an upgrade in the sense of you're getting something that you don't have but it's an upgrade in your revelation of what he's already done. So I'm going to ask you to be bold this morning. If you want to upgrade, stand to your feet. Thank you, Jesus.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Wow, thank you, Father, that we are completely clean in you. I'm pretty sure I know everybody here, and I know every single person is saved, so I can safely say that to you. Every person here is clean. You're completely clean, washed in blood. Father God, we just come to you humbly. God, you say, God, even I believe that this, by standing this morning, there's that scripture that says the violent take it by force. That, violent, that word violent means the aggressive. They take the kingdom. That's the context. They take the kingdom by force. And I even just believe in just standing this morning, your position to take the kingdom by force. The kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy. It's not that you have to take righteousness, but it's getting a deeper revelation of what he's already done in you in righteousness. So Father God, God, we just ask for upgrades in our revelation this morning. We just ask for the upgrades in our identity this morning. We ask for that word that it's no longer us who lives, it's Christ who lives in us to become a deep reality in our heart. Not just in our mind, but in our heart. God, that those things that we struggle with on the outside, God, that as we get that deep revelation in the inside, those things are going to take care of themselves. So just put out your hands this morning and just say, I receive. I receive. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I'm going to make a, three declarations this morning. These are great declarations to just make over yourself every day. So I'm going to say them and then we'll say together. Let's make this declaration. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Amen. Let's say that again. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I love Levi's word about connecting your heart to what the word says. Amen. So let's, let's do it one more time and let's connect our heart to what the word says. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Amen. Let's make this declaration. I am dead to sin and alive to righteousness. Amen. Let's do it again. I am dead to sin and alive to righteousness. That's good news. Let's make this declaration. I am completely clean. I am completely clean. One more time. I am completely clean. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Father God, we thank you for upgrades in our identity. We thank you for what you're doing in this place. We thank you for what you're doing in our heart. God, I just ask for just radical grace revelation, radical identity revelation. God, that every old shame is going to begin to fall off and just melt away. And God, you're raising us up to a new level in our identity, God, so that we can bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you. Have a great week. And if you need prayer, ministry team, come on up.